about a blank, blank, blank. <laughs> the opinions expressed on this podcast should be construed only as the opinions of the respective opiners, and some content may not be appropriate for little dragons. Discretion is advised. I can't never stop working hard. Each day I feel I have to improve. Hard work. Determination. I've got to keep pushing myself. Hello and welcome to Hiya, the only podcast Hi-ya. that broadcast for the badass with a brain and hopefully a sense of humor. Episode fifty-six recorded the first weekend of fall starts now. Now, first weekend of fall. Wow. Yeah, twenty fourteen, baby. Hey, hey, it, it was twenty fourteen last week too. Twenty-five stony cold gray steps toward the grave. Good lord. <laughs> All right. Well, we're back in the high uh, studios here in lovely Burbank, California. Oh, Hee-haw. Hee-haw. <clears throat> and we got a great show coming up for you today. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> That's right, you. We're talking um, to you. We're talking to you. Yes, you. <laughs> Gary Laser Eyes. Fucking love kitties. I do too. Oh, uh, yeah. If you're wondering what that's all about, just look up the new season of Trailer Park Boys. Or the old season. Or the old seasons, yeah. yeah cl- climb into the trailer. Do it. Welcome. And we, we highly recommend it. <clears throat> okay, anyway. What we got going on for you tonight, folks, is uh, we're finally getting around to the relationships and martial arts episode. Ooh, uh-huh. you young'uns, put away your headphones. About to get hot and steamy in That's now. right. We got a lot of listener mail for that. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> Good thing this is just the warm-up. Jared <laughs> Clower. <laughs> oh! I wish it was a pair of rugged claws. Oh, scuttling across the floors of silent seas. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, we're that far already. Uh, let's see. No, uh, relationships and martial arts. We got that coming up. We got uh, Jeff Westfall is back in the house. Yeah. With another martial brain segment. That'll be immediately Hi. following our discussion. Hi. It's Greg Keesling <laughs> impersonating Jeff Westfall. Uh, and we've also got some more viewer mail for you coming up at the end of the show. But fresh back from the break, we'll have news, news, news donated hey. by a friend of the show or compiled by a friend of the show, Ryan. Ryan. All right. Uh, before we uh, kick this thing off, Craig, uh, anything new with you? Um, Martial arts related, maybe? Oh, oh, martial arts related. Nah, just uh, it, it sucked. I had a I had a big uh, zero today for my class. Goosey. Yeah, yeah. I had six six cats cancel, and one was about to be new, and all this, and I'm just like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you you did the classic thing. You know, you had at least a couple of people that were still supposed to come. Right. Right. So for two people. You hauled yourself off your couch or your divan or your love seat or whatever it is you like to lounge <laughs> about on on a Sunday. Mm. And you went down to the park. And then there was one a no-show. There's a bigger no-show. Yeah. Well, that used to piss me off. Now, let me ask you this. Did you go ahead and at least do a short fucking workout anyway for your own benefit? That's what I really should have done, Dave. However, <laughs> <laughs> even for this podcast, I'm going to tell you straight up. Hell no, I got right back in my little Jeep and headed on home. Back to the house. Yep. Oh, that's fine. I, you know, 
I used to do that sometimes too, but frankly, I decided to try to get over the bitterness by going ahead and working out anyway. I have scant enough chance, or maybe I don't. Maybe I have more chances than I think. That, that'll pop back up in the viewer mail section yes, at the end. it will. <laughs> nice we call have a, forward. We have a sternly worded uh, email from our buddy Tarzan. Not yes, the red one, unfortunately. No, unfortunately. Red Tarzan, if you're out there in prison or whatever, you got to drop us a line, baby. Yeah, do we, it, We need man. to hear directly from you. I think that would be a good deal. That'd be but, a good you interview. Know, our, we'll, we'll settle for our own Tarzan for now. We will. Tarzan's he's quite a character man. himself. Yes, he is. He's no red Tarzan yet. No, yet. he's not. He, he's but working on he's it, He's working though. on it, I think. Getting merit badge, you know, <laughs> yeah. putting it on the sash or whatever. That's right. Um, Kung yeah. Fu licking and karate what? kissing. I don't know. Uh, I think you're flashing forward to the relationship's Oh. But we didn't discuss any of that, really. No, we were just all yeah, activity, brother. It's not going to be about your microcosmic orbit so much and oh, your darn. exercises, as it is actual human interaction. That's but, the hard part, anyway. Yeah, that's where the difficulty arises. Um, and sometimes the greatest benefits. Yes, indeed. So, yeah, I, mean, I guess that's it. You got anything else to say about the goose egg? How do you... How do you do you have anything in place to discourage that? Like, do people still get charged if they don't show up? Bada bing. Yeah. Okay. Unless I cancel the class, you know, because of bad weather or I'm just feeling like crap or whatever. If I do that, then, you know, I say, okay, you then get a week. Then they get credit, credit for that yeah. week. Yeah. Yes. Okay. But otherwise, like, no, you paid, fine. You miss it. That's your dime. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. We'd hate to do a no-show in the Champagne Lounge, so Indeed. let's creep out. The- oh, before we sign off, I, I want to mention, uh, not sign off, but go back into the Champagne Lounge. Earlier, when we were getting ready to record... Um, I had uh, Craig oh, yeah. and Thais. Well, we filmed a short little clip that we're going to post over at uh, Ryan's uh, home martial arts solo training. I forget the yes. exact title. He'll link it for us in the show notes uh, page. Just uh, where people are throwing out tips, tricks, videos, whatever for training on the on the sly when you're by yourself. Yeah. Don't have a partner. Don't have a dojo or whatever. And uh, so we'll pop that up for you. Very cool. One of my favorite little things to do around the house. Yes. And if you're an avid listener and think back a few episodes, well, actually quite a few episodes ago, you might even already have a glimmer of what it is. Yes, you might. Go. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, my soundboard turned itself off again. All right. I got to figure out how to fix that. Yeah. All right. Well, let's hit the champagne lounge and we will be right at the back. Dance with me, my old friend Once before we go Let's pretend this song won't end And we never have to go home And we'll dance among the chandeliers And nothing matters when we're dancing Tatter tatters, you're entrancing Be we in Paris or in Lansing Nothing matters when we're dancing And we're back Hello <laughs> Alright folks Time to get down to the nitty gritty. Let me get adjusted here, Craig. So, All right. So, so I can we... look you deeply in the eyes while we discuss <laughs> our relationships and the martial arts. Ah. Let me separate these out. <clears throat> All right. 
I have glasses now, but I still have a hard time getting my head tilted at just the right angle to read. I'm I know, but now. at least it's quite entertaining for me to watch you bob your head this way, and that is you adjust lengths and distances. Uh, yeah. Well, look, we're here today to talk about relationships in martial arts, and let mm. me let me first set some boundaries here. We're not talking about. <laughs> sexual relationships you know and yeah i can we could probably both make arguments and how martial arts helps out with that and we might mm -hmm. touch on a little of that in here but this is broader we're talking about interpersonal relationships whether they're romantic friendship that sort of thing how this thing that we do called martial arts can swoop in and affect your life outside of the martial arts classroom and in it in relationships to you know your human interactions and and the uh the friendships and the and the relationships right. that you develop. I, yeah, I got to admit, though, I'm not completely sure how this is supposed to go down. I mean, once you beat someone down, even if they're good looking, you're not going to want to really date them. I mean, they might not want to date you after that or be your friend, you know? I mean. Well, as far as not being sure how it's going to go down, welcome to life, Craig. <laughs> All right, you smart ass. No, really. You know what? Maybe before we go off on a tangent, on a tear here, right? Maybe I should start off with one of our listener emails to sort of give us a grounding. In Sounds this. good. Let's see how someone personally was affected, and see what they have to say about that. Cool. Uh, this is from listener Paul. Paul VS. I, again, I'm totally unclear. Even after 55 episodes, who I should name and not name. Mm. I guess if you're on the Facebook page, you're okay with being named because name. everybody is seeing your name yeah so this is paul van oh well shit i picked a name i can't pronounce paul van schoik all let, right let me know <laughs> <laughs> so on the subject of martial arts and relationships paul says martial arts training has been a fantastic thing for my relationship of eight years so i think he's referring to his significant other right there oh in 2009 i opened a martial arts academy and my girlfriend started taking lessons under me this was a great way for her to start training, as she couldn't really afford to take lessons elsewhere at the time. She was skeptical, good for her, about how she would like it at first, but soon grew to love elements of the training. Apart from a few awkward moments of having your girlfriend as a student, things have gone great since then. Sharing the martial arts as an activity has given us lots of common ground within the relationship. It has also been a great way to broaden my training, as she has taken an interest in the elements I was less interested in. My girlfriend is a competitor, <clears throat> excuse me, and loves Olympic Taekwondo. While I certainly enjoy Olympic Taekwondo, I am a traditionalist at heart and have a lot of fun working forms and applications. She hates anything self-defense based, but always wants to compete. And that self-defense was in scare quotes, quotes by the way. Um, as a result, I've gone to far more tournaments than I would have and I'm now working on competing at a high level in forms. Good on you. We traditionally, uh, we study traditional Tang Sudo and modern Taekwondo. So because of her, I've recently spent a lot of time learning the international way of moving for sport Taekwondo Pumse forms. Without learning this method, I could have never competed at high levels. I believe that this training and inspiration has already made me a better martial artist. And that's from Paul. Excellent, Paul. So yeah, go ahead, Craig. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, you touched on one thing, even though it was, uh, you know, a fraction of what you were talking about there um, that I personally have encountered. I think we 
you know, any martial arts teacher has uh, personally encountered is the awkwardness of trying to teach your loved one or whatever. Um, you know, and it's a common thing. It's like, why doesn't Master So and So's son uh, carry on the system? Okay, he you may know, not have been his best student. <laughs> there's that. He may not and have also, even given a flying fucking a rolling donut yeah, about that, well, what daddy was doing. And know? it's, you know... It, Until late in his life when he realized there was money to be made. Exactly. Or, you know, he got, uh, oh, this is my where I'm from, and yada, yada, yada. No, it had but, a genuine return to home kind of thing. Yeah, yeah it, it happens still. all the time. You know, and then there's also, of course, with the girlfriend or wife or whatever your significant other is trying to teach them, you know, the whole thing about a relationship is that equality and, you know, share the chores and all that kind of stuff. And no, you need to listen to me because I'm right. <laughs> no, I don't want to go be your student now, you know? Yeah. This brings up a couple of great points. That one, which uh, let's just jump on that one first. For instance, uh, I met my wife in a martial arts class. Hmm. And when we were still dating, but we're living in California, we decided we were going to train together to keep our stuff, you know, fresh, fresh. And, uh, we realized after two or three sessions that that shit wasn't going to (laughs) fly because I would go into teaching mode because I knew more about it than her. Right. I don't think she would argue that point, you know, Mm -hmm. but She's Thais, <laughs> and she don't yes, take she her is. shit off Dave. <laughs> no, she don't. And uh, not that I give people shit when I'm teaching them, but she just would be like, no, I'm going to do this now. You know, what, uh, it would frustrate me more than it would have, more of than course. it should have, because I had my head in the wrong place, mm-hmm. and she didn't have her head in the place that I wanted it to be. So eventually we're just like, you know, I'm going to go over here and train. You go over there and train, and we'll, we'll talk about it <laughs> later if you want to. Um, so it's good that they can, you know, we're, we're not – everybody we're just one point in the statistical plot of life so right. uh, it sounds like a lot of people can actually pull it off and train each other and together kind of at the same time yeah definitely um we're a little it, bit jealous about that that's great you know it is it's awesome the other point i wanted to bring up that this raises is uh they were already dating oh, she yeah. became his quote-unquote student because he opened a martial arts facility School, right yeah so she was also kind of supporting him by doing that. So, Craig, is it okay to date people that you teach? Um, I do. I date. I mean, I pretty much have relations with all my students, my little boys. <laughs> what? No, no. People should realize one, Craig doesn't teach children, <laughs> and two, yeah, uh, no, he actually, doesn't. just realize one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no. Um, that is that is an interesting topic. I, you know, I've had this conversation with other teachers in the Atlanta area, you know, um, getting together. And some people don't see the um, kind of the, the air in that, you know, there have been, I've heard positive stories. But they stories. can also all tell you a horror story. About yes, it. They mm-hmm. yes, they can. Yes, they can. You're going to lose that student one way or the other, one way or the other, either in a positive way, either the relationship becomes great. And it's like, no, I'm going to be your girlfriend or wife, not your student. And so we're going to cut out the studies. Um, maybe privately at home when trained together or it goes wrong either you know we don't have to go into some sexual misconduct or anything like that right it just falls apart like things can do and it's in awkward everyday life and it just makes it awkward yeah yeah I, so, I tend to make it a, a no-no yeah i mean for me it's always been a hard fast rule anybody i'm teaching is off that list mm-hmm. and i also taught like high school p and stuff like that so it's it's a good rule for me to have just 
put it out of your mind, period, completely, forever. Right. Done. Um, there's plenty, there's billions of other people in the world, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, the other side of that coin is, is, is it okay to date someone you're training with? Yeah, that's... You know, if you're an, a, a fairly equivalent student, is it okay, you know, to, to date within your school? You know, I've personally um, recently had uh, a couple of different girls come and try classes that uh, look like they might stick it out. Um, very attractive, and I noticed a couple of the guys took notice of their attractiveness. Right. Right, and so I had to take my guys aside who had been with me a while, and I said, okay, first, number one rule, no dating in the family. We call that incest. Two, if you are, you're breaking rule number one, which is not okay, but it's not the worst thing that can happen. It's just, it's going to be on you. You need to make it 100% right. work because I'm not going to lose a student because your relationship didn't work. So, yeah. That's the problem with it. It can be a, a great thing, you know. Like, I have dated a few people that I trained with, and all of that, for as far as I know anyway, for the most part, some sometimes it was just very short term or whatever, but, um, you know, I never had any problem with those people before, during, or after. Mm -hmm. And it didn't affect their interaction with where we were training or who right. we were training with. But... I'm kind of a forward-thinking guy, and I've never really had that problem in my real life very often either. You know, mm -hmm. like oh, meet somebody at the club that you dated or whatever, and it's all suddenly <laughs> it's all no, no. It's like right. oh, hey, how you doing? Because I'm that kind of person. Yeah. Um, but you know, that being said, I've done it, and I wound up marrying somebody that I met in a yeah. martial arts class or through a martial arts class. You know, so was uh, our Big Al, mm -hmm. Big Al, our co-host. You know, he and Missy were training partners for years actually before they ever dated. Yeah. And that might be one way. Before they dated, yeah. I was behind. Never mind. <laughs> when the new hotness shows up at class, especially if you got a class of mostly guys, you got to make sure that they learn. And this is something else we had talked about earlier about mm -hmm. this. You brought this up, Craig. That um, you know, it's it can be good training to learn for people who are socially kind of a little inept or still getting their feet Shy. on them, young, yeah. just whatever. How to be attracted to someone, but still have to work with them, talk to them, right. touch them, throw them on the ground, you know, yeah. punch them in the mouth or Pretty whatever. Pretty girl comes into class. Right. You don't clam all up and go hide in the corner, you know. Right, you, right. You, you interact with them. And, and uh, so that, that can all be great for developing, you know, interpersonal relationships. Mm -hmm. um, but there is that other side of it where, you know, if you're someone that tends to have exploding breakups – where yeah. everybody's mad at everybody and nobody walks away a winner, um, then keep it out of the family. Yeah, you should keep it out of the family because that is going to come back to bite you. Yes, indeed. And you may think you're the cock of the walk in that in that school or class or whatever you're doing, or you've been there longer or whatever. But uh -huh. if you do something dirty to somebody and they are rightfully uncomfortable around you. That's going to come and back and bite you. With your ass is the one that's yeah. going to be told to go home if there's trouble in school, mm -hmm. if everybody's aware of what happened. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, it, you know, at the same time, um, you know, <clears throat> you, you cannot deny this. You know, being a guy, I come from a guy's perspective, uh, interestingly enough. All the guys know, you know, when you go to, you go to a martial arts class, you know, you, you show up. Oh, my gosh, there's a girl in it. There, that there's something about that and not just uh you know whether she's attractive or not it's just like oh my gosh that is the most awesome thing she's become you know 20 times as beautiful as she may have been 
just because she's in the martial arts class. Um, and so that's something, you know, for maybe our one or two female listeners out there you have to be aware of is that guys will take notice of you. Um, hopefully they've been there long enough to learn how to handle themselves like gentlemen and, and good training partners and stuff like that. Um, but they will definitely take notice. Yeah. And we'll just say, you know, women, this is, you're mostly the ones that are going to have to deal with this, mm-hmm. but so occasionally guys too, you might have unwanted advances, you know, that can yeah. happen any place, anytime. But if it happens in a martial arts studio and you're in any way uncomfortable with dealing with it, take it straight to the teacher. Yes. Do not pass go. Do not fuck around somewhere. Just say, look, you know, so-and-so is obviously, I'm just trying to work my application, and they're trying to get my phone number, and I'm, I'm just not interested. I don't mm-hmm. want to deal with that. And I kind of try to be nice about it, but they're persisting. Yeah. Take it straight to your teacher. Yeah, because you do that, and they'll, they'll be get, maybe given one warning before being tossed out. Yeah, Because exactly. we ain't playing like that. <laughs> Or if if they don't get a warning, if if they're if your teacher's like, oh, it's okay, boys will be boys, you know, her her, and he slaps you on the they ass. Need to start looking at other teachers. Yeah. yeah, yeah, get the get out of there right <clears throat> then. But then again, if you're the teacher and you're being harassed, you know, I've had that. Ah, <laughs> uh, three foot gal with the trench coat, and she, yeah, anyway. Ryan, we'll leave you alone. Yeah, Tom Toy. Look, it happens to all of us, male and female, at some point in our life. We get an unwanted advance. Mm-hmm. Um, but if if you put that in an institutionalized or in a controlled setting, that's when it's extra important to make sure that whoever's running that shit show that you're involved in knows immediately, and you gauge their reaction. Exactly. Okay, I'll leave it at that, and we'll move on to the next email. Good deal. How martial arts affected my relationship? Um, in summary, I would say martial arts has helped my relationship. Who is this? Oh, well, I, their name's only signed at the end of this, oh, okay. so we'll get around to it. All right. my, uh, let me start over. In summary, I would say martial arts has helped my relationship. My wife of 23 years would not agree, though. (laughs) I have studied martial arts continuously since 1981 when my father and I found a Shotokan class held in an old public school cafeteria with a very unforgiving terrazzo cafeteria floor. (laughs) Ouch. We have both since ranked in other styles and eventually ran a commercial dojo for 24 years. When I left for seminary, my father moved the school to a local church and still teaches. I now run a small private class in my home once a week. We even named our small gathering Kung Fu Soup. And yes, we do Kung Fu martial arts and we do eat soup. All right? Cool. (laughs) If by soup you mean beer, I'm right there. (laughs) My wife, girlfriend at the time, has expressed that she enjoys watching me do martial arts and she has even tried a class once. Once. She does not like it, but she has picked up a few self-defense techniques here and there and has been supportive of me at tournaments and attending hosting seminars. The real issue came when my father and I opened a commercial school. We ran it as a hobby that we loved, and even though we spent a lot of time and effort, we never treated it too seriously. We thought we were serious, but we were only serious about teaching, not being professional. And our wives had a very different opinion of what professional meant. I think we were so disgusted by all the take-your-dough schools (laughs) (laughs) around that we opted for comfort over commercialism. If we had listened more to our wives, I think we could have made enough money to support our martial arts addiction without making uh, Funakoshi roll over in his grave. Uh, Without my experience as a lifelong martial arts student, I would never have understood the concept of 
To defeat 100 men is an accomplishment. To conquer oneself is a real accomplishment. Paraphrased. I was a dyslexic, uncoordinated, weak, generally sad kid that made bad grades, was bad at sports, music, and with the ladies. Martial arts did not fix all those problems, but it did teach me that if I wanted to, I could improve at anything I set my mind to. As I began to, prove, began to improve in some areas, I discovered that I like to learn. I can't change the mistakes I've made in my relationships, but I can continue to learn and grow. My wife still supports my martial arts, just understandably with much less enthusiasm. She does beam a little when she sees our oldest daughter disarm a Marine with a steel training knife, or when our youngest daughter listed stick fighting with my dad under What Did You Do This Summer? <laughs> I also want to list under the category of relationships uh, health. If I had not practiced martial arts, I know my health would not be as good as it is today. It is difficult to take long walks on the beach if your health is poor. <laughs> Overall, I need to apply the same energy and dedication I have to improving my martial arts to improving my relationship with my wife. My training allows me to stay healthy, protect my family and myself, and has allowed my family and I to befriend some incredible human beings uh, that happen to be martial artists. Martial arts teaches balance. A poor relationship is not balance. Thank you, Young Smith the third. Way to go, Young Smith. That's right. And uh, kudos to Old Smith, too. It sounds like you guys have had a good martial arts relationship. Oh, Indeed. no, wait. He would be Young Smith the second. Oh, yes, yes. Um, no, it, he brings up several good points yes, in there, I does. think. Um, you know, one is something we kind of touched on a little bit already, but just getting over... Anything in life, you, if you have success in one area and learn dedication and hard work in one area, it can start spilling out. You know, it does. And it's it it's one of those things where I think it is appropriate uh, for a lot of you know teens and younger kids to do martial arts um, and even twenty somethings. I think it's a great place you can go, especially if you're a person that has sort of a physical mindset or you know. Uh, is a nerd who likes, you know, slaying dragons you know, or whatever, you know, go well, make it, make something a little real in your life, learn a little something and start applying real. that to your relationships. You right. Know? I think a, a great example of this was, was brought out actually in probably what is that the late eighties where, where we had time out say, show me some moves. Right, right, right. You know, <laughs> yeah. and then they ended up, you know, becoming uh, princess and princess while doing very serious, very deadly martial arts against uh, people in pampers and whatnot. But, uh, yeah. Craig, you just lost me. Last dragon, bro. Oh, Last yeah, dragon. Yeah, yeah. People in pampers. Yeah. I, you have the weirdest way of circulating around to a pop culture <laughs> reference of anybody I've ever met in my fucking life. And I should be used to it by now, but I, I don't think I ever will be. <laughs> I don't see how you get used to that. <laughs> it's a wonderful thing, truly. Uh, another thing this points out is it sounds like, you know, um, like, for instance, he dedicated, it sounds like, more time to martial arts without thought of making a profit or contributing back to the family in a way than it seemed like maybe mm. his wife was happy with for a little while. But obviously they worked it out. Yeah. And it seems like he acknowledges in there that, uh, you know, he probably could have taken a little more of their advice and maybe made enough money, you know, to help out more with the family without going totally commercial. Right. You know? Well, I'll, I'll tell you something. Um, even though this is kind of a broad concept, it definitely touches on the relationship aspect, which is I've noticed as 
as a teacher or even, you know, as a practitioner, a longtime practitioner of arts, you know, we all like to talk about, especially as teachers, oh, well, you know, all these strategies and principles, they can be applied to all these other aspects in life from art and music to relationships and so on and so forth. And oftentimes, you know, if we're teaching it, we give wonderful examples and stuff like that. But it's the taking of our own medicine that sometimes gets neglected and sitting down and going, all right, well, how do I yield properly here? Right. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we would do really well to take our own lessons in this. I mean, just, you know, man and wife, you know the situation. You know the game. Um, And you know what you're supposed to do, but it's so hard. That's what our martial arts should be teaching us as well. Absolutely. And the one other point I want to ex- extract from here, because it's one of the ones we had written down to touch on at some point. Oh, yeah. Is, uh, you know, he said he... he uh, um, anyway, somewhere in here... Sorry, I was trying to look back. I'm still getting used to these glasses. I know. <laughs> Where to look, what to do. I'm like bubbles over here. My eyes are going all over the place. <laughs> you do <gasps> love kitties. <gasps> <laughs> what are you, what you doing with them shopping carts? <laughs> Um, is uh, how just the people you meet in a martial arts school, talking mm. about developing relationships, you're going to meet people. Oh, yeah. I mean, I certainly have in the places I've trained that were way above my quote-unquote station in life, mm. that were way below my quote-unquote station in life, had completely opposite political or whatever views than me, and had to learn how to get along with all of them, at least in the classroom atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And have forged friendships with people, you know, everyone from highly placed radar scientists to, you know, <laughs> fucking hippies that I, you know, never would have, you know, or ex-cons or whoever, you know. That- Worst part is I actually can pick out exactly who Dave's talking about <laughs> with each of these descriptions. It's because you know us. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm sure everybody else has similar experiences. Martial arts school is open to everyone in most cases. Mm-hmm. And all you got to do is walk in and you become part of this little separate family. Oh, yeah. And it's, you know, draw the line. Don't let it be a cult. It's a family. You right. Know, you can walk out of your family dinner if you want to. You can walk out of this one if you want to. It's right. not, don't sell your house, you know. <laughs> but you'll, uh, you know, you'll meet all kinds of fucking people. And actually doing an activity with them like martial arts, where it has physical contact, it has effort, it has exhaustion. Sweat together, bleed has, together. Yeah, it's sort of, it builds a certain, it's not exactly like being in the military or something, but it does breed a, uh, what do you call it, esprit de corps, you know? Sort of this common, <laughs> did I choke you up over there? <laughs> did with that. Yeah, it doesn't have to be military, but it comes out of the same root idea of martial. It's just one less, you know, I mean, lower on the totem right, pole. Right, right. But, uh, but I completely agree, dude. Um you know, you and I met through the martial arts, right? Yeah. Um, I, I'd have to say 80% of my friends and close long-term friends I've met either as students, as teachers, as fellows that we just, we met up and then we found out uniquely we were in martial arts, yeah. both of us. And even just looking at my students when we go out afterwards and have a couple of beers and stuff and we're all talking and, and shooting the, shooting the breeze. It, it hits me that none of these cats would hang out, would hang out together or bump into each other anywhere else in life. It's only because of the martial arts that they share that one commonality. They've now made friends and become buddies, regardless of their differences. Right, and we wouldn't try to say that uh, you know any any hobby can do a lot of that for you. You mm-hmm. know, your quilting bee or whatever. Right. 
But there is something about the fact that martial arts are physical, mm. you know, and it builds a certain camaraderie that a lot of things that don't have a physical aspect, I don't think. Yeah, rub a little, able, tuck a you little. You know, a little yeah. blood and water under the bridge mixed exactly. together and, and sweat and whatever. It's mostly sweat in my case <laughs> with a little blood and water. Let's stop, <laughs> yeah. let's stop with the liquids right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. What else is under the bridge there? <laughs> Not that kind of relationship. <laughs> Not that kind of relationship. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's it makes sort of a special kind of friendship. With I've got a lot of friends, and the ones that I'm friends with that have that I've met through and and you know gotten to know via martial arts are right there at the center of it. They're right there yes, with indeed. the people that that I've known since I was in high school or right. junior high or whatever. They're they're deep, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like that about it. And even so, so, even though sometimes you have difficulties, just like you do in any friendship, yeah. it tends there's this larger thing that you both participated in that you have in common that will never go away. Mm-hmm. So it gives you a toehold to to get in there and uh, to call back Stephen Keffer there, give you a toehold, <laughs> <laughs> leg lock, so you can work your way. <clears throat> back in and work out the problem yeah it's not like just two friends who just happen to meet in a bar and you're friends for a while but then you know somebody dates somebody's ex-girlfriend or something so fuck that guy that guy and you walk away (laughs) and you never talk to each other again you know you might have that reaction for a moment or something but then there's this bigger thing that's going to loom in the back of your mind you're like oh maybe i should see if we can sort this out right and worst comes to worst put on the gloves bitches yeah sort it out the real way that's right all right, let's go on to the next email let's here. Let's do it. <clears throat> Hi, Dave. This is Jared Wilson from the Marshall Thoughts Podcast. Hey. <laughs> How you doing? How you doing? I hope you're still listening to us. I am. Uh, I'm still listening to you. By the way, I just moved up to Nashville, and I heard you mention that you were just up here on your last episode. And yeah, I listened to their most recent episode when I got back from that trip, and he announced on that that he was in Nashville, or hmm. I might have actually seen him up there. Very cool. Uh, next time, let me know, and I'll buy you a beer. Oh, you're not getting off that easy. <laughs> I'm also a lot closer to Atlanta, so I know how you kind of mentioned trying to get a Haya seminar together. I know you're working now, but if that ever arises, I'd love to join in. Mm. <clears throat> Good segue into something. Yeah, I'm going to pause right there. We are working on something. It ain't going to be huge, but it's going to be a lot of fun. We're working on something. But I want you to keep your eyes on the website and the Facebook group, dear listeners, because we're going to have uh, maybe a survey out there. Mm-hmm. Not only on this topic, but on other things about what you'd like to see us do and where you'd like the show to go. Right. So keep your eyes peeled. We're going to start looking for your input on this really soon. Mm-hmm. Fair enough? Fair enough. Okay. Let's move this along. All right. I decided to try and get a sticker and talk about relationships and martial arts. Hey. All right. Uh, you will get a sticker. I actually told him I'd already put it in the mail. I haven't yet, so <laughs> it's coming. Naughty, naughty I got some of them out. I got in. some of them out. I got busy again. I'm back at work. All but, right. Uh, I will do so. Don't worry, Jared. Your stickers are coming. I'll I'll send you enough to make a Craig bikini. (laughs) This is a wide open subject, and I see it in a couple of different avenues of discussion. Avenue the first, relationships within the dojo. Okay, so dojo is not the dating pool. I've seen a couple of bad situations arise from dating people within the dojo. Tis true. When they break up, it seems they get very political. And if the instructor starts dating a student, favoritism will be assumed by the other students. Um, We did already address a lot of that, Mm -hmm. but uh, favoritism. Ah, That's nice. Have you witnessed that uh, 
either student to student interactions when or, i was younger yeah. and and less wise i guess you would say yeah. um immediately i did assume favoritism because i had a couple of situations that were like that um i'm you know at this point i don't know if that's the case or not but uh who cares get over it uh if you you know if the guy's girlfriend can't do a blah 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 move at all and you do it perfectly his eyes will notice this and will come over and blow i mean you know what are they favoriting them with right yeah well more attention more time or whatever um but he brings up a great point even if the favoritism isn't real Mm -hmm. even if everybody's handling it perfectly then some people are going to assume it anyway and it poisons the well i agree i'm my only point in in kind of playing devil's advocate there is that that sometimes you might have an awesome outstanding teacher but there's that one little thing you can't get over which is he's teaching his annoying girlfriend or wife or whatever in the class and there is this and this and this or vice versa she's teaching her annoying yeah. husband or he walks around like he's walking death and he doesn't really know anything mm-hmm. right. and so yeah those situations will happen that you you can't find a better school to go to it's annoying so you do still have the option of you know getting his attention back or whatever the teachers but i completely agree that it, it should not be looked at as a dating pool um guys are gonna check out girls once they go in period it's just a fact of life yeah not a dating pool it's not a meat market people mm-hmm. occasionally you'll meet someone because they're in the same hobby as you that has common interests and you will wind up dating that's kind of different yeah um but again you know i i think there's a lot of room for latitude in both directions when it's student to student but he was talking about favoritism coming from a teacher's side and the whole teacher's dating students, to my mind, you know, unless you were dating before you started that relationship. It's a no-no, it's but a it no-no still no happens. Yeah. But it still happens. Oh, yeah. Oh, I've seen it abused. Yes. There there are schools that I've we, seen the we rare We personally know people who yeah, have done this. Who, who treats their school as their own personal pussy party. Mm-hmm. And it's disgusting. Yeah. And it causes all sorts of trouble. Yeah. Anyway, let's move along from that before we start getting specific. Um, All right. Number two, friendships within the dojo. Uh, We had a push for new members where our instructor told us, tell all your friends about us and they can have a free month. And I remember thinking, all my friends are in the dojo. (laughs) (laughs) It's a group of people that share at least some interests and values. Each martial art has its own flavor, so there must be something in common with everyone's taste if they all end up in the same place. Agreed. Agreed, again. The dojo is not the friendship pool. Cut that crap out. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, friendships often can wander across a line. Right. Into relationships with guys and girls, guys and guys, whatever, you know. I think that's okay. That's more of a normal thing. Yeah. That's off math. That's out of the school. You're already friends, and therefore your relationship extends beyond that thing. If you can actually live and breathe your dojo-kun or your, your school rules, even if you are dating within then you should have no problems. Right. People don't. And he makes a great point that, you know, you're all in the same place. You have something in common. So especially just as far as developing human relationships, mm-hmm. friendships, if you're, if you're really interested in doing that and you go to the school and you walk in and everything seems cool, but you're still intimidated as hell. Just keep remember, going. Just remember, all those people walked in because they had a similar interest to you and feeling the same way you did. Intimidated, but thrilled by the whole thing. Yeah. 
especially looking at the cats who are pretty badass or the tough guys in, in the school, you have to realize the first day that they came to the school, if they already felt that way or looked that way, they wouldn't be coming they to the have school. Come to that school, yeah. they would have already done it somewhere else. Exactly, <laughs> and most likely everybody still, you know, in there still was dealing with that internal, you know, yeah, self confidence and all that kind of stuff. So, and just the just fact that going. they chose the same martial art to to join up with that you're now thinking about joining up with, mm-hmm. something in there appeals to both of you. So don't be intimidated to talk to the black belt after class if you're the white belt. Yeah, you you both at least have one thing that you can share as a common interest already. You know, your pants are being held up by never mind <laughs> by a belt, <laughs> yeah, but, but there's no loops on your pants. Hey. Is that really? I was, oh, the elastic. I hate oh, the man. elastic under the belt. That yeah, really well, there's me. some that have those little ties too. Yeah, the wrap know. pants and all that business. Yeah, yep. You wearing the wrap pants right you, now, aren't you, Dave? Yeah, I could put the mic down there and they tell you a story. Hip hop, the hip, the hip, okay. Okay, let's move along. Part part three. three. <laughs> Relationship management. My girlfriend in college, who eventually came became my wife, was my first real tackling dummy. I'd come back to the dorm room class and go. Here, honey, look what I learned tonight. <laughs> but I think all the positive uh, positive mental and, for lack of a better word, spiritual stuff that you get on martial arts helps in relationships. I've become more patient, more accepting of the give and take in a relationship, and by default, a better husband. I've learned to apologize when I uh, get angry and snappy with her. Uh, pride now takes a back seat. It's hard to be prideful when one minute you're doing a technique and the next minute you're receiving the technique and in pain. It's funny that, for the life of me, I've tried to get my wife onto the mat, but she constantly refuses. I think she could learn as much as I did, but I also don't push it. Thanks for all the great shows. Uh, and I'll throw this little last bit out here before we address that. Uh, I'm looking for something in Nashville, and I wanted to see about Bagua. I know you used to live here. Any connections still or advice on who to see? I didn't do Bagua when I was in Nashville, and I don't really know of anybody right in that immediate area. Listeners, if you know of any good Bagua teachers in Nashville... Um, uh, kick it out on the Facebook page or just email us about it and, uh, we will, uh, we'll pass along the word. Okay. All right. So relationship management, and that's something we haven't really addressed in any depth here. Um, except for put the gloves on. Yeah. (laughs) Last resort or first resort, depending on how much you enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and we got a little little more of that coming up here, uh, in the, in, in the rest of it, but you do learn skills in martial arts that are fantastic if you learn to apply them outside of a physical altercation Mm -hmm. and to the rest of your life. Right. And relationships are no exception to that. You know, uh, yielding came up earlier. Yeah. Sometimes you want to yield. Oh yeah. You were before turning away. (laughs) But also one my favorite, honestly is breathe. (laughs) Shut up. Don't say that. Stop. Breathe. You and then t- think about what you need to say. Yeah. <laughs> Breathing can be listening. Yeah, yeah. And should be in a lot of cases. So, yeah, learning how to stop, think, analyze, you know, mm-hmm. um, and ultimately how to, um, well, it's hard to, I'm Here's looking one. for the right words for that. <laughs> visualize. Put yourself in the other shoes. Because you have to be right. able to visualize your partner. You're talking about opponents, yada, yada, yada. You have to be able to put yourself in the other sh- person's shoes so you know, oh, man, yeah, I guess I was being a dick. Yeah, that's exactly what I was trying to get at. Like visualizing someone 
when you're doing a form so you can visualize how you're hurting them <laughs> can also be translated into empathy. There know? we go, empathy. Take a step back and you will be taught empathy as long as you do enough two person or, you know, free right. sparring or whatever training. Go know? ahead, hit me harder on this yeah, app. One day it works for you, the other day it worked for him. Yeah, yep. The bear gets you, you get the bear. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> and uh that really you know a lot of people I I'm I want to be an old grognard here and be. I see more and more of this these days, but I'm I think it's just way. because the biggest assholes make the most noise on the internet. Is why yeah. I feel like there's more of this in the world. Um, <clears throat> but people who think relationships are a one-way street—it's my way or the highway. Shut That's up, right. bitch! You know, or shut up, asshole! You're doing it my way. Mm-hmm. Um, my way not, or the highway? You're not right. You know, it's, mm-hmm. no, that don't fly in martial arts, and it doesn't fly in relationships yeah. either. Walk a mile in my shoes. Yeah. And then I'll beat your ass because you took my shoes. But I'll have to run and catch up with you barefoot, which can be problematic. Right. I'm going to steal a bicycle. I'm going to catch up with you. I'm going to beat you up. I'm going to take my shoes back. That's right. Hiya. Bitches. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, thanks, Jared. Anything else we should add to that one? No, that's great. And thank you, Jared, personally, uh, coming from Craig, uh, for writing in. I've only recently become a kind of loyal uh, follower of of your show. You know, I, of course, heard about it when you came on to the show and when Dave came on to y'all's and whatnot. But uh, uh, just been going back. We started from episode one and been listening all the way through. So uh, thanks for writing in. Yeah. So uh, look for that in the show notes if you haven't checked it out. And I'll just paraphrase uh, something one of his listeners wrote him. It's probably my second favorite martial arts podcast. (laughs) Damn, that would that. Damn no, Jerry knows I'm just fucking with him. It's cool. I know. You also <laughs> fuck with him about sound quality, but that's cool. <laughs> that got better. Those first couple of episodes are rough, though. I'll warn you, people. And I'm well. I'm I'm an audiophile, yes, and, and we were lucky yes, that is. we had someone to help us with our first ten episodes, so they didn't sound like shit because they would have. I know. We just got lucky, folks. That's all. Shout out to Magnificent Jay. Hey. Um, but yeah, no, they sound fine now. It's not, it's not a problem. No, nah, Judy Chop. Yeah, Moving Judy on. Chop to you. Um, okay, this next one is from Tarzan. Ooh, <laughs> not Red Tarzan. Oh damn, damn. Tarzan Smith though. Ah, uh, message body states: a family that beats each other up avoids involving outsiders, so they stay together. <laughs> From the book, Stupid Tarzan Smith Quotes. <laughs> this is going to be a good one, folks. Yeah, we Strap like in. Everyone in my family does martial arts. Our house is a constant game of judo chop made you flinch, and did I just choke you out? <laughs> <laughs> I believe you did, Sammy. Move over. As soon as I'm conscious, I'll answer that question. I can just picture this house in my mind, by the way. <laughs> anyway. Martial arts keep us together, keep us level, keep us aware of everything going on around us. From where we all are to what we're doing to how we're feeling. And anytime someone is down, a quick donning of gear and some punches kicks makes us all feel better. Here we go. (laughs) It also gives us things to do. Oh, want to watch TV? Can't think of what we should watch? Put on a martial arts movie. Let's either A, admire it, or B, laugh at how bad it is. (laughs) So, martial arts is super important to my family, how we interact, and what we're doing day to day. Hiya, mother lovers. (laughs) Okay, Tarzan, thank you for that succinct and uh, entertaining (laughs) missive. No doubt, I really do like that one. Yeah, we won't stay the night at your house when we're in your town. (laughs) Or we might hee-haw. But what he's pointing at, like, uh, uh... 
is uh, a family that kicks together is a family that stays together. together. Okay, there you go. Yeah, rhyming at least. Greg. Yeah, I know it. <laughs> uh, but not not just in a family atmosphere, but in a social atmosphere and everything else. Again, it gives you a common touchstone. You know? Yes, it does. Uh, we love getting together for kung fu movie nights. It gives oh, yeah. us a way to socially interact with people. We love getting together and you know having a couple of beers on the back porch, and it gravitates into a sparring night. Yeah. Some, suddenly, somebody's sitting on the ground holding their ankle, and the other guy's got a bandage <laughs> on his head, and we're all just laughing our asses off. Yeah, it really. I think the tone of the email, uh, even as much as the content, says something that martial arts can give you uh, uh, that a lot of other hobbies or interests or sports don't. Which is just a all in it together, who gives a shit, let's have a little fun sort of yeah. attitude about life. All together now. <laughs> yeah. And I Whole think, body together. I think that's brilliant. And just learning learning to bear the slings and arrows of your friends and loved ones mm. really thickens your skin for day-to-day life. Yeah. Especially, I love that, uh, you know, that it's a family thing, too. Yeah. And not just a uh, rom- romantic relationship or even a platonic friendship. Uh, because you, everybody knows, man, there's, you know, that brother, you love him, he's your brother, but he pisses you the hell off all the time or whatever. Yeah, just imagine if you, you could walk into his bedroom, all right, that's the last time you're stealing my shoes, bro. Stand up, about toe my, to toe. Get up, here's your gloves, yep. throw them on the bed, look outside right now. Yep. <laughs> and, you know, that's something, uh, this is not even directly martial arts, because it's just, it's just martial, it's just fighting, but... Mm. Cast your mind back to junior high school or, you know, elementary school or whenever you started finding your body and get a little fractious. Half of the friends I had back in school, I made by getting in a fist fight with them. Uh You know, you'd have some disagreement. You would scrap for a minute. You'd wrestle. You'd fist fight or whatever. When it was all over, you couldn't kind of help but sit back because nobody really got hurt. Right. Sit back and go. Shit, that was a blast. Uh, I'm Dave. How you doing? What's uh, <laughs> I see you like the chokehold, you know? <laughs> I see you like to kick a man in the nuts when he's not looking. I like that, too. That was not me. I, w- I was the shy guy. <laughs> yeah, but, you know. Well, you, you made your friendships in the school yeah, at that like, point. Yeah, you know, yeah. it didn't bleed out. Of, but see, for me, before I got into, well, not before, about contemporaneously, you know, somewhere around 12, 13, when I was getting mm, into martial mm. arts, I was the shy kid in school, too. I got picked on a lot. I was considered one of the brainy ones, and I was chubby. Right. And then before I started junior high, which is seventh grade for all you people who have never heard of one of those <laughs> things, um, I... Uh, I got puberty all in one summer, like blew up. How much up, was you know? it? Uh, it was free. Oh shit! Yeah, the best gift I've ever gotten. <laughs> and you know, got taller, got tougher, got meaner, slimmed down. I changed a lot, and I came in and I got in a lot of fights that first year because I had issues with these people. Right, right. They had pushed me, half the time they didn't even recognize me. Anger I and whatnot. So much. Yeah, I had like. I could have gone around. Yeah, I had some anger. What what what, of it? What of it? What do you want me to make something of it? But I I could have gone through the rest of my life carrying that anger and letting it slowly erode my personality Mm. and my ability to interact with other people. Right. Instead, I was doing karate at the time. I was feeling pretty confident. And karate was doing with a little technique. Yeah. Not in a bad way. Yeah. No, it was it was good wholesome school, I swear. And uh, yeah, but in a sense, it was doing me. Yeah. It was giving me the confidence to go to those people who had pushed me around, uh, you know, a grade ago or two grades ago or right. whatever, and be. And as soon as they talked to me, bow up on them. What do you want, man? Mm-hmm. Get the fuck off me! 
he'll like you. So, and, like, but then we would we would if we got into an altercation about it. Right. Generally, we would walk away with that because you know the face it is playground violence in a sense. Mm. We would walk away with it one with a better understanding of each other, and too often with a friendship. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, all it's men cliche, are brothers. It's cliche, but you know, it's built into us. Cliches you, you watch, are there for a reason, though. Yeah, right? you watch children of any species, mammalian or otherwise, they will roughhouse with each other, and that physical contact is part of establishing. It's not just limited to dudes, man. Girls fight. The first ass kicking I ever got was from a chick. You know, I would have guessed that. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, you would have. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've told that story on the show before. Good, right. look it up. It's in there somewhere. Uh, but. You see what I'm getting at here? Mm. I, I mean, I, I really think that just having that outlet keeps yeah. poisonous shit from bottling up inside you and and chewing away at your ability to, to get along with the rest Dude, of the world. Yeah, I mean, cliche from typical Asian martial arts teacher would say, the martial arts help strengthen the heart. Life, try to corrode it. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> Or I would I would put it as you know life can be corrosive mm. if viewed in the wrong way. I mean yeah it's all going to corrode us into the grave at the end, but that's not the point of the whole thing. The point is having a rich experience while you're here. Martial arts is wonderful. It's uh, a great enrichment tool for that, not that, just yeah. for protecting yourself, which is great. Not just for keeping yourself healthy, which is great. Yeah, all that improves your life and therefore you know, lengthens it, and therefore improves and lengthens the human relationships that you have. Um, Productively but, using that anger and yeah. turning it into strength or yeah. whatever, blowing and, and steam. Many systems, both traditional and in different ways, sporting, acknowledge that aspect and mm -hmm. either have like specific meditations or rituals that you go through to address those things right up front. Or, right. you know, if you've got a good coach and he's going to teach you how to learn from defeat in a boxing ring and get back in there or in a wrestling mm -hmm. environment or in whatever your sport is, you know. When somebody kicks me in the head, I learn from defeat. <laughs> defeat done taught you a lesson. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. All right. Well, I, you know, I feel like we've kind of done a good run across this. How do I you do, feel about it, Craig? I do, too. Is, uh, we have any more extras? Uh, no, there, there's more emails, but we're going to tack those on at the end. Okay, cool. After the news segment. I think, I think we, we covered a, a good bit here. Yeah, I think so, too. And thanks, especially to the people who sent stuff in and that we've read here on the air. It really helps us develop content, especially for a show like this, where it's not oh, yeah. just, oh, well, my style says relationships are like this. No, it's relationships not that Relationships are bad. Okay. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> why don't we finish up with a, oh, okay, you already did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. Anything on that? I guess we co covered what could go bad in, in some situations. Yeah, we'll let, all right. Before we before we put the nail in the coffin, I will go back to our little impromptu list we had and see if there's anything we didn't catch. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we got around to most of it. And now, here we go. Here we go. Trying to read again. Um, oh, well, here's one thing. We kind of tapped it, I think. But, oh, pun intended. Oh. You know, if you're a martial artist... Who doesn't love a martial arts girl or guy? Oh yeah, the, the wushu booty, etc. Yeah, right, and that's just and you know we can save that maybe uh, a little later on down the road we'll do something uh, involving the tantric side of martial arts mm, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Maybe get a special guest on for that. <laughs> yeah, well, you are. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, let's face it: if you're in the dating game and trying to make relationships with people uh, of that sort, then being fit. Yeah. 
you don't quit. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you look fit, better. Be you feel better. You can probably show them positions and and actually yeah. do them that they've never heard of in their lives. But Indeed. no, this is white crane spreads. Well, well never mind. <laughs> <laughs> White Crane spreads legs. Uh, you know, whatever. We, we really, we're not going down that rabbit hole. Again, that, that pun was not intended. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that is a good point. Like, just being in shape. Hey, it's a good thing. Yeah, safe way to handle relationship. No, dude, we got all this. Our good. listeners hooked us up. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. Um, high so, out of that. High out of that. Let's, uh, let's ease on out in the champagne lounge and uh, share maybe a longing glance or a loving embrace. If you will. All right. We'll be right back. Oh, by the way, Jeff Westfall will be right up with you. Marshall Brain segment. Um, hold on. Five. My eyes are killing me. Thank the you. scientific method and realism inspiring. Excellent. Enjoy that. Stay tuned for the news. I'm Jeff Westfall for The Marshall Brain. Realism in Sparring A typical scientific paradigm is to carefully observe whatever it is that you are studying, meticulously record the data you gathered, and then employ your creativity in order to generate a good hypothesis to explain the data. You must then put on your big scientist pants and do the adult work of testing the hypothesis. And if you are a conscientious scientist, you should not become emotionally attached to your precious hypothesis and use the test to try and prove it, but rather you should try hard to disprove it. So what does this have to do with martial arts? In the early stages of your martial arts training, any technique that you begin to learn will at first be much like a hypothesis. You won't know for a certainty that the technique will work for you until you've seen and felt it work under conditions that closely simulate a real fight, preferably many more times than just once. Striking training poses a problem in this regard. How do you know how that punch or kick would have worked in a real fight? There are two common ways to deal with this. The first way is to spar with hard contact. This has the advantage of reducing or eliminating much of the doubt regarding the outcome of an exchange of blows. I must admit that when I made the transition from light contact to hard contact in the early 1980s, I was intimidated at first. But once I grew accustomed to it, I found the clarity of outcome refreshing. The problem with hard sparring, especially over the span of a long career, is the higher incidence of injury and the accumulation over time of chronic injuries. In addition, in recent years, we've learned a great deal about concussion and brain injury. It turns out that the data shows that while concussions are dangerous and must be avoided, the accumulation over time of lesser brain trauma, well below the level of concussion, causes significant neurological damage as well. That means that many or most of the minor blows to the head that I sustained over more than 40 years of sparring, at least 25 of which was hard contact, probably caused more neurological damage than I would ever have suspected or would like to admit. It turns out that just as the brain is not capable of feeling pain, it is also not possible to toughen your brain. 
only to further damage it. To give you an idea of the scope of these data, it turns out that a significant portion of soccer players sustain brain damage from re repeatedly heading the ball. That should give you an idea of what punches and kicks might do. That new information has compelled me to reevaluate the frequency of hard contact sparring at my academy. The second way of dealing with this is by using what my Muay Thai instructor calls timing sparring. This is a very low drama way of training where you work on your setups, defense, combinations, and footwork with a live partner who does the same. The real key is that each fighter watches out carefully for the safety of his or her partner, being especially careful to minimize head contact, and neither one allows their ego to cause them to overreact when their partner scores. This reveals the difficulty of this method. It requires a mature attitude from both fighters, something which fighters, especially young fighters, frequently lack. Thus, it is the responsibility of the teacher to be vigilant in guiding the fighters to the proper method. I am still experimenting with mixing in rare to occasional moderate to hard contact for those of my students who fight in the ring or the cage. In judo and wrestling, outcomes are less necessary to simulate. While throws, takedowns, and pins can cause injury, they do so at a much lower rate than does striking, and it's pretty easy to accurately tell who's getting the better of whom. Then there is submission grappling. One feature of submission grappling training that draws a stark contrast to striking training is that the grappler, if he is wise, attacks from a position of control, and this control allows him to apply the attack gradually enough to allow time for his partner to submit. I think that the simple act of tapping out or alternatively verbally signaling submission when practicing grappling is one of the most profoundly important inventions in the history of martial arts. While voluntarily submitting to avoid injury might seem like an obviously sensible act to you or me, some people would rather foolishly sustain an injury than submit. Others avoid training and grappling at all for fear of ever having to, in their minds, admit defeat in this way. For those with a healthy attitude, however, the tap is an amazing tool that enhances your training and reduces the incidence of injury, and most important of all, it gives a pretty reliable answer to the question, does this technique work? There will be many occasions in sparring, judo rondori, wrestling, or rolling, when your partner will get the better of you. You must not allow this to get your panties in a bunch. Your partner is just that, your partner, not your enemy and he just revealed to you a potential hole in your game. Thank him profusely. A scientist appreciates all data, whether it proves, disproves, or says nothing about his hypothesis, including data that would appear to some as a failure. It is only failure if you, the martial artist and scientist, fail to observe the results of your experiment and learn from your observation. There is no losing when you are learning. Anyway, that's what I think. But I could be wrong. Let me know what you think at my website, rpmartialarts.com. This is Jeff Westfall for The Martial Brain.
Okay, folks, we're back. Coming to you live from the places your mother warned you not to go. It's news, news, news. With Ferdinand the Frog. <laughs> With Ferdinand the Frog. <laughs> that bull's going to sue you. <laughs> I'm telling you. Bitches. Who got your belly? You do, David. You do. All right, folks. Punches, headbutts, knockouts. Asia's, scare quotes, new martial arts sensation. Yes, it's in scare quotes because it's not new at all. One of Burma's, uh, or you know, some of you guys like to call it Myanmar's, oldest martial arts. It's called Lathway. Uh, spelt, Jesus, uh, L-E-T, I don't really say it. I don't, uh, you know, where's it on here? L-E-T-H-W-E-I, yeah. Um, Lakeway is a uh, traditional form of boxing, uh, if you will. Yeah, kind of like that. Yep. Uh, in Burma, it's been around for quite a while. Um, and it's making a resurgence, a big old comeback, um, which is really interesting to hear. Um, they've been having some bouts, of course, in their native country, but also uh, I was surprised to hear in Singapore, uh, actually Woodland Sports Auditorium, where... Um, couple of blocks from where i lived at one point in singapore and i've actually trained in there so that was cool to hear had a few bouts in japan and a bunch of different places around asia um for those of you unfamiliar with the art it does share some close uh similarities to neighboring thailand's um muay thai uh however a lot of the practitioners will say that we have less kicks and more intensity um not really sure about the more intensity thing, but they do really do a lot of emphasis on punches as well as um, they do go down. Uh, they do yeah, they do have some a grappling, throwing, yeah, component, which is very interesting. It really is. It would seem to bring punches more into play. Yeah, it would. Um, you know, either as a punch or, or a like hand attack. exactly. Right. Yes, exactly. All kinds of cool stuff. Um, I'm really psyched. Uh, about hearing about this you know ufc is great and all that but um you know seeing some of these traditional arts come out and get a little play is is really really nice to hear there's actually one of the people i was looking at interviewing was a burmese boxer but this is right at the point when i just had the new kid and the new job and the wheels came completely off my cart for a while right so we'll try to get back into that but yeah this is is very interesting subject here it is it's different from bondo and stuff like that um it's its own little thing but it it, i'm i'm kind of interested in this because there's a lot of um southeast asian martial arts that around a lot of people don't know about that are starting to slowly get more and more adherence um you know like i mentioned to you i was talking to the fellow that uh keffer turned us on to the other day i was chatting with him on facebook and oh, yeah, guys the brooklyn monk yeah he's pretty badass he's like uh you know the first white dude to uh you know get on up there in salam bomb and bokator and all these old cambodian arts he's even um done quite a bit in moy Lao and a lot of different stuff so hearing about this lathway get in play um gives me hope for some of these other older arts as well uh to you know come back and hit it up just for you guys knowing, it gives you a little uh, context. Unfortunately, this article um, sent to us by a friend of the show, Ryan, thank you again, um, was published in CNN, right, on CNN's website. 
And uh, even with that, hopefully, uh, let's put it this way, hopefully it'll do some good, you know, because uh, his weekend classes have upwards of 10 students. Interestingly enough, it'll only cost you about five bucks US to take a class with the cat uh, for like a month, you know, so... Yeah, and you, your weekend class had an upwards of how many students this week? <laughs> yeah, well, good point. <laughs> I was only, if I came out of ten people one. there, I was like, yes, this is a winner already, right? <laughs> so we shouldn't we shouldn't slight someone for not being the biggest thing on the block. No, but at the same time, we're not in CNN. That's true. <laughs> anyway, just saying, you know, I hope it I hope it does well for them because they they could definitely definitely use some pickup yeah and just on the topic of interviews you're going to start seeing them again over the, seeing them again on the show over the next couple of months because oh, i'm cool. finally starting to stabilize you know the new baby's almost a year old uh i'm getting used to how i have to work now so right. uh i think I'm, and plus my slow season is coming up so well if you need any practice dave you can always just ask me a question bro hmm <laughs> What does blue mean? Blue is bright green. <laughs> Karate Kid turns 30. That's right, folks. The movie Oh, he's way itself. older than that. Come on now. <laughs> he is not the Karate Kid. He's the dancing guy now. He's right? the middle-aged karate guy now. No, he's all on that dancing with the stars or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, I'm sure everybody knows the movie the karate kid set a whole bunch of people in motion turned them on to the martial arts and whatnot we thank them uh highly so so much on that um sweep the leg johnny you know all kinds of great comebacks you had uh al you know who used to work in the diner who now is karate master yeah well he took over from al he did his name was too long to change the sign. <laughs> Character-wise. Yeah. Just Pat Morita. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, R.I.P. Pat Morita. But uh, they, they recently had a, uh, you know, a big celebration uh, for the movie. They had a screening of the movie, and um, people were talking about uh, kind of where have they, we gone from here and all that good stuff. And, of course, Pat Morita got a good, um, you know, talk and uh, awards and all that good stuff. But... Kudos to Karate Kid and everybody that played a part in that. Um, you know, also a, a slight F you for the uh, crane stance. Um, but, you know, other than that. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, it's movies, man. It's movie magic. Dude, do you know how many times when I get a new student and I say, and this stance is called a crane stance? And I'm like, oh, God, please don't. Please Karate don't. Kid! <laughs> yeah, just go yeah. straight to sweep the leg, Johnny. Oh. Uh, Another comeback uh, for martial arts, um, escaping Asia for a moment, is uh, kind of the medieval Renaissance period weapons. Um, it's, it's starting to pick up uh, both overseas and here in the States as well uh, with people dueling and training and um, having kind of small combat tournaments with uh, not live blades, but um, blades that are not exactly pointed. But uh, Well, they... They're made with dull edges right. and blunt tips, but they're mm-hmm. steel blades and they're made out of quality materials, so they feel the like live blades. Exactly. They're weighted appropriately, even probably slightly heavier mm-hmm. than the equivalent would be because when you start sharpening edges and points, you take a little weight off of it. Yeah. Uh, Craig knows I have like a stage combat design no, broadsword that weighs. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Yeah, you do. Yes, I do. 
As a matter of fact, I think I, I could reach it from here I and hit you with looking it just over to make shoulder. sure you understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes, indeed. And no slight to these guys. You know, um, unfortunately, a lot, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts, watch, read a lot of blogs and stuff like that. These guys uh, take a lot of shit. Okay, from the martial arts community because they're like, oh, these guys are reading, you know, these old manuals and making this stuff up. And how can you not do it without a teacher and yada, yada, yada. One thing you're missing out on the, the fact is that it didn't just simply die off. All these guys died at once. And now all we have are to make it up from books. There are actual lineages of teachers out there of continual traditions and stuff like that. Now, there are also the historical reconstructionists as well. And with this HEMA and all this kind of stuff. And frankly, that's the avenue that really excites me. You know, a lineage can degrade over time and still mm -hmm. just kind of hold itself up high behind its lineage. That's what I do. But with the, uh, some of these groups, not nearly all of them, and we're separating this from just casual reenactors and role, role players, players and stuff LARP, like that. Not yeah, that there's anything wrong with that, but it's separate it's its from actual thing. martial arts. But the people who are serious about this are using these old manuals, which actually, if you can read the language they're written in, are fairly clear. Oh, you yeah. Know? They're not as obfuscatory. Uh, obfuscatory. Yeah, do that big word again, Holy brother. Holy shit, man. My tongue just got backwards on I it. know. He, he actually tripped his own self as up much on a big as, word yeah, instead of just me. As some of the older texts, for instance, I've read in Asian martial arts. Oh, no, I'm with you. Because with the Asian, um, one of the things that I like about it, but it's also its damning appeal, right. is all the flowery language and the poetics and stuff. And it's like we're going to have one word mean a thousand things. Right. This other in high German and sometimes in old Italian, you'll find uh, – extremely to the point no flowery language lift here turn your body to the right cut his at his shins you know or whatever right. it might be with reasonable illustrations oh yeah the, and good most illustrations. of these techniques are still alive in one form or another whether in asian or or modern combat sports or mm -hmm. they're, they're still around so you have things to compare what's being shown to you too you know? yeah exactly and it's not like it's some ethereal thing you needed or or you know advanced particle physics that you need that high of a degree when somebody explains it that simple to you right it's not something that it it really is going to take all this kind of stuff now granted if it's a little fanboy reading his comics and going hey you know and doing that right. stuff with his, his buddies, burlap underwear with right his, yeah but then no, these people me, are serious, but. and I've I, you know I've met a few of them, and frankly, that's I've talked about the interview starting up again. We've talked about getting the Western martial artists on here, and just haven't done it yet. But that's at the top, or you know, in the top five of the people that I want to get on to talk to next is somebody with some background in this. Definitely, and and something for you guys, you know, if you're not too familiar with this. Um, there is, for example, in, in Maryland, there's an event called Long Point. Uh, it happens each July, and uh, it's, it's one of several annual tournaments around the world, uh, you know, and it's, it's what enthusiasts call HEMA, H-E-M-A, Historical European Martial Arts. And it, you know, it includes events like grappling, similar to Greco-Roman, several types of sword fighting, uh, with the with the focus kind of being on the most you know iconic medieval weapon, uh, the longsword, uh, but there are other weapons involved and stuff like that as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's yeah. it's something to look into, and and like you were saying, I think it's something that uh, we need to get a little bit uh, more present you know uh, presence about with the show, and I, I think that's going to be an area we we definitely going to touch on. Absolutely. So stay tuned for that. <clears throat> and just to point out, you know the. 
The uh, European longsword people called it the queen of the weapons. What did the Chinese people call the uh, double-edged straight sword? Uh, 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 queen. <laughs> yeah, the queen of the one. The, so they're, they're classified the same way. That's right. The queen and king. Playing with the king of hearts. Yeah, one. Really smart. Right, yeah. so <laughs> My uncle dated Juice Newton. Uh, that, that was her song, buddy. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, her name, that, I thought you were being kind of racist there with the Jews thing, but you said no, Juice. Juice, yeah. I like a girl named Juice. <laughs> Jews Newtons. <laughs> oh, boy, no, this is going mind. down a yeah, road, yeah, brother. Yeah, leave that alone. Kung Fu Jungle is about to get world premiere at the London Film Festival as London at London's Empire. Dave tells me it's Leicester Square Cinema. The big premiere venue in the British capital. Yes, sir. Directed by Teddy Chin, who also did Bodyguards and Assassins, and starring Donnie Yen, our favorite, right? And Michelle Bai, who I had no clue who it was until we looked up outside in the uh, Champagne Champagne Lounge. Lounge, And uh, she's definitely a new favorite. Suddenly, he's a big fan. (laughs) I am. Call me, sweetheart. We'll we'll do lunch or something else. I'll figure it out. Anyway, it's evidently, as, as they call it, a breathtaking thrill ride featuring stellar performances from the entire cast. It is pretty much all kung fu movies do, right? No, not so much. Anyway, the plot is simply this. Donnie Yen plays a kind of a, a kung fu instructor. He's put in jail because he accidentally kills an opponent, right, and some sort of thing. Then there's a, a murderer, some sort of killer, who's targeting the reigning kung fu masters around. And um, <clears throat> just going to challenge them and kill them and, and take them out so he can be top of the hill or whatever. But Donnie, he offers his help to the cops to catch him because they're having a hard time get him because evidently he's a badass at kung fu and all that. And he says, you know, help me get out, help me get out of here, and I'll help you catch him. Anyway, the killer—it's a, it's a new wrinkle on an old plot. You know, the police have some weird string of murders to investigate, and so and so was chopped just so. No, in the this throat. is brand new. I've that. never heard of it. Yeah, no. What was that? It was like Michael Dudikoff, one of them ninja movies or something. <laughs> yeah. I remember the scene from it where the guy. There's a lot of fans of Dudikoff. I'm not one of them. They got him in the in the police station, you know, and they're talking to him about these murders, and somebody knocks a cup of coffee off the table, and he catches it. And doesn't spill a drop. They're like, oh, yeah, you're our man. You're going to help us find this ninja. Uh-huh. <laughs> one of them ninja movies, man. I can't remember which one right now. It's probably called To Catch a Ninja. Yeah, dot, dot, dot. yeah it should be if it wasn't, and it wasn't. Um, but no, you know, this sounds great. Donnie Yen, I think, is in the golden period of his career right now. Yes, he, he is. is. He came out of it up geez, right just making all the movies. Badass. Chinese here, there, speaking all God, kinds of my dialects. He's fucking agent. He's doing parkour all over the place. You parkour. Know? Yeah. <laughs> you go, Donnie. Yes, indeed. By the way, uh, if any of y'all want to flashback to our Hong Kong film episode with Bay Logan, some half a dozen, dozen episodes back. Right. Um, if you're not friends with him on Facebook, you probably should be. Go ahead and friend him up uh, because. Bay Logan. Yeah. Shout out to Bay. He's uh, working on the production of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon 2 right now. Two. And every day, it's his photo up there with uh, Yun Wu Peng as birthday party or, you know, Donnie Yen or all these sexy uh, Chinese, you know, female stars in it. Right. Jet, Jet Li was arm in arm with him today on the huh. thing. So, 
you know, <laughs> average day into that sort of thing. I mean? Yeah, look up Bay Logan because he's rocking the house out there, <laughs> as we are not like to do. Yeah, well, we try. Yeah, we ain't rocking that house though. No, I do put up the pictures behind me, you know, and then take the selfies and whatnot. Yeah, like, <laughs> get the cardboard standy. <laughs> yeah, and pop them up. Check there. it out, Jet Lee's dropping a deuce in my toilet, bro. <laughs> All right, well, that's it for the news, folks. Let's go ahead and slide on in before we wrap this thing up into uh, the regular mailbag for just a couple of minutes. All right. Okay. Here we Uh, go. This one is going to be coming from Tarzan Smith again, so you know you're in for a thrill ride. Did he double up on that email send, or did they one come at different times? They or? came at different times. Okay. But one was kind of right after the other. Cool. So I think this is based on him uh, listening to us talking in a recent show. Yeah. Uh, for the people that want to say they don't have time for training on a busy schedule. Here we go. Suck it up. Shut your cake holes and do some work. <laughs> <laughs> It'll take me about 12 minutes to write this response. Guess what? That's what, 200 kicks, 200 punches, five to seven kata, and probably some push-ups and sit-ups or other core workout? And guess what? You can do those anywhere, anytime. I work 10 to 12 hours a day. I sleep six hours a night. I spend at least two hours a day with my family. So that still leaves me four hours to do other things. If I don't work out every day, it's because I'm being lazy or giving up or just being a jag-off. <laughs> <laughs> Need eight hours sleep? You still got two hours. Oh, don't have any time because you have stuff to do? Guess what? Make it practice. I mow my yard doing lunges, pushing the mower with one hand, switching stances. I load unload my dishwasher in a horse stance. Between rounds of whatever video game I play, I do push-ups and sit-ups. Oh, a commuter. Hand squeezy toys for grip strength. A little 10-pound weight to do wrist curls or just engaging the core for a few miles at a time. The only people that don't get in as much practice as they want are people that don't try. <laughs> Ooh, boy. Hate to be harsh about it, but trust me, I get lazy some days and watch TV or screw off instead of doing what I need. It happens. But we, as people in martial artists, waste so much time. Now, partner or sparring stuff are different, but hey, like your friend of the show, Ryan, said, sometimes you just got to grab people and go or do some teaching of your own. Hiya, motherfuckers! <laughs> <laughs> oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Ryan's got some 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 good content there. <laughs> well played, well played. Look, I'm glad he admits when he says, "Hey, to be harsh about it, he gets lazy sometimes, screws off instead of doing what he needs to do." Yeah, we all do that. Yeah, you definitely need to say that because if you remember, the originator of this is in law enforcement. And we have yeah. <laughs> coming after you. And we have uh, talked many times about uh, you know how to make your day to day activity more like training, mm-hmm. um, which I do too, man. I was having to skim a bunch of floors at work with this feather light stuff, mm-hmm. basically turning OSB board into what looked like concrete slab around a swimming pool, um, and it killed my back because the only way to do it right. Uh, at least that I figured out so far when you're doing the full skim is to get down on your knees and lean out and hold yourself up with one hand and do that all day. You know, so you're down on all fours, basically that sucks. And that, I don't count that as training either. I mean, yeah, it's exercise and it keeps me tougher, but it kind of breaks you down too, you know, but when I was doing the seams, 
instead of getting down on my hands and knees like everybody else who was doing it was, I did stances. There and it go. turns out I met another martial artist at work. Because hmm. I was doing this, moving down the line, you know, doing these seams because I could stand up and do it, you know, if I could go into a low stance. Right. He walks around the corner and he goes, ah, oh, low tiger. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you got me. And then I dropped even lower and showed him something. He's like, hey, that's not bad. And we start talking about it, you know. Right. So it's a good way to make friends and improve your social relationships at the same time. <laughs> Was that like a callback? The callback. Um, no, but seriously, uh, yeah, I, I do think he's being a little harsh uh, because you have to factor in. He didn't mention having any children, although he did say he had a family. If he's got time to play video games in that four hours of his day that's left over for himself, he may not have enough family up in his business. <laughs> at the same time, I get <laughs> where he's coming. Stuff, but at the same time, yes, we all need to take a step back. And again, I think things like Ryan's you know, solo training page, it can be uh, a help with this. If you're wondering, what can I do in 15 minutes? Go check there. You know? Yeah. Hey, well, Tarzan, share some of that stuff on. Get on to Ryan's group and share some of that stuff. Really yeah, cool. Yeah. Give us a little example. I loved that bit about uh, lunges with the uh, pushing the lawnmower. The lawnmower. Yeah, mm-hmm. I actually do that from time to time. I can't do that the whole lawn, but yeah. Well, I worked at a... It was animal testing, but it was for animal vaccines. But I worked at this facility that Romary you had for a long time, and one of my jobs was hosing lots of poop off the floor under cages. As well, it should be. Yeah. So I did the whole thing in bows, twisties, right. stances, you know, and uh, it was good training. You can find ways to do that. Like I just said, I was finding ways to do it at work now because it eats up so much of my training. Because that, that's the key right there is the fact that you don't have time. You are, your time is being dragged by work, by this, by this, by this. So you have to find time that is being occupied by something else. But how can you piggyback on that activity? Right, right. And just literally calling us out for being fucking lazy. Yeah, we like you that too. You got a great too. point. You know, there are plenty of hours of training time in a month that I spend doing, you know, 12-ounce curls too sometimes. <laughs> so, you know, hey, but again, a life, you know. You need a little R&R in your life, too. Hey. I'm going to defend it at the same time I tell myself, maybe nut up a little bit and devote, you know, a little more of that. And just toe kick training while I'm doing those 12-ounce curls. There you go. Not not enough. Well, you can hold a horse, just, you know, (laughs) sit at the table drinking beers. Just take the chair Just take all the damn chairs away. (laughs) There There you go. go. It's horse dance city, baby. (laughs) That's right. No, good email, good email. And uh Bravo. Bravo. And yeah, Tarzan, love your fractious writing style. Feel free to send us anything you want. Fractious. Uh this next one comes from loyal listener from way back in the day, been with us for a long time, Troy. Oh, hi Troy. And uh yeah. So I hope he got a sticker. Or Me he too. sent him one. Uh so, because we still owe him a fucking t-shirt. Dude, what's up with that? <laughs> one day, Hi-Yah will have t-shirts, and he will be the first one to get one, and it'll show up <laughs> steaming out off the presses and free at his doorstep. We'll just leave it at that. So, when I think of fighting arts or battlefield arts, I think of systems such as Japanese kenjutsu, Filipino arts, European arts, or Chinese weapon systems. It makes sense that weapon skills are most important on the battlefield and that empty hand skills are the last resort. My question is, are weapon skills directly applicable to empty hand skills? And if so, why are there so many empty hand systems that eventually incorporate weapons instead of the other way around? It's both, in my opinion. 
it depends on the system how it's taught too and their not dogma but uh doctrine <laughs> doctrine yeah well I, in in my own personal experience um i think there are differences crucial differences between primarily weapon oriented systems and primarily empty hand or civilian self-defense type systems for instance in um in a weapon oriented system a, a more you know old days anyway mm -hmm. battlefield oriented system leaning is far more permissible yeah well the consideration of armor right and just the fact that if you have something sharp in your hand it's worth leaning over to get the extra range to put two inches of steel in somebody whereas if you're just hand to hand with somebody of roughly equivalent size then leaning way out to put a punch on them might land your face on the ground yeah because it's not steel that's mm. sharp as hell it's just your arm and they're going to take it and they're going to use yeah. your off balance the, there's the historical common sense context of where the the art was what it's made for yada 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 that all being said though at the same time you can take in, in common you know at least in my style and and i've seen it in other styles as well take a broadsword form take a straight sword spear whatever the hell it might be take it out and look at but before doing so, look at the principles. We're back to that crap again. Right. The principles, and then apply the principles. It's not like you're pretending to hold the sword and do the same thing. No, you you know, you get your arm jacked up. Right. But take the principles from there and use it. That's that's my yeah, take the, on it. Yeah, the body mechanics are going to be, in most ways, quite similar, moving in either direction. Mm -hmm. uh, but your strategies and certain things are going to change. Yeah, how you apply them. Now, I will say that, you know, the baddest man I've ever met with weapons is Kilton. Mm -hmm. And his system was completely battlefield-oriented. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is what we use to go conk on our neighbors or protect ourselves if they come to conk on us and, en masse with right. weapons. And uh, they taught empty-hand stuff at the end as kind of an afterthought. They're like, oh, if you get this far, you're probably fucked anyway, but here's your thing. Right. It, it wasn't a civilian self-defense system the mm -hmm. way it was designed, though. Um. But his skill with weapons, because his system was lined up that way, was super high. Yeah. Um, my system, we learn all the empty hand stuff because we are a civilian self-defense system. And then you simply, without learning special new forms for it, you, would, you learn the differences on top of the similarities. But you learn to pick out where the differences are and what you need to do with different types of weapons so that you can, you can use them with the same body yeah. of knowledge you already have. Yeah, and it, it's going to come down to the practitioner. Otherwise, not just practitioner now, right, but throughout the quote-unquote lineage, you have to look at the history of the art in question and look at the individual and their kind of biographies of the individuals in question. You know, this guy, this was on the battlefield, so you're talking about an army, a general, a soldier. Did he stop doing quote-unquote martial arts after he left there because he didn't want to fight anymore he saw people die he killed people yada 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 so you know it's not a thing he didn't you know right. go on with it at the same time is it somebody who devoted a lifelong of study and then was able to translate these body movements into hand arts understand the principles of them or did they simply see them as tactical strategy against you know three guys coming at me with you know this and this and this and you do this with this weapon that's it and move on you know None of that fancy shit. Just move on. Get the job done. You know, 
it also so there's that you have to understand its history and what was really going on at the time yeah and as always is the context of how it was being used and what it was intended for right so you know i I think we've kind of answered the question there but um yeah weapon skills are directly applicable to empty hand combat Mm -hmm. but they do have to be adapted yes vice versa Empty hand skills are directly applicable to weapons combat, but they do have to be adapted, adapted in certain ways or you'll make mistakes that an expert on the other side will recognize and capitalize right. on. Yes, you have a sword in your hand, but just punch him with your fist anyway. Right, no, right. no, no. <laughs> right, no. Uh, point it forward. Use the tip of that thing. There's going to be differences. There's going to be differences. And plus, you know, the difference between civilian and, and truly martial stuff is pretty big. Oh, yeah. Well, as you can hear, the family's back in the house, so I'm going to move this along. We've got a couple of short emails here, and then we're going to call this one a show. All right. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. Uh, This one comes from Aussie Dave. Was that cotton candy a souvenir from Colorado? (laughs) (laughs) Cotton candy. Um, Anyways, great to get you guys back. Where's Randy Williams? (laughs) Cheers from down under, Dave. Oh, uh, yeah, Bruce is out on the road again. I'd love to talk to Randy again. Yeah, so no doubt. Let's uh, let's try to make that happen, too, Craig. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but uh, as to his question, look, the last thing I want to do, and I did kind of let the cat overtly out of the bag last <laughs> episode, I don't want to make this uh, getting Dave with high ah, you know? <laughs> That's not the podcast <laughs> I'm looking for. Done. <laughs> but I will give a word of advice and wisdom to all of our friends who might hail from or visit a lovely state such as Colorado where perfectly legally adults can go and enjoy a refreshing uh, thing. Now, here's my advice. No, the cotton candy was not a souvenir. Do not load up and drive out of Colorado with a car full of perfectly legal in Colorado adult refreshments. Because every state around them is like, ooh, look at the gold mine that just opened up Hello. for us. Yeah, if you get pulled over, you better be able to eat every bit of what's in and your the car before they get there, or you're the in big, big trouble. Yeah, that's funny, isn't it, Olin? <laughs> <laughs> okay, last one. Uh, Mark Gallimore. And by the way, Dave, thanks for writing in again. Good to hear from down under. Yeah, definitely. From Good up above from here. Yeah. Uh, Mark Gallimore. He says, just listen to your podcast with Dave Jones. Which one was that? No, what's that? Just kidding. <laughs> I wanted to make sure you all understand that not all Taekwondo is a sport. ITF supports the original TKD created by General Choi, and it's very different. It is for self-defense. The other organization is WTF, and they teach the Olympic sport. <laughs> well, we've already had an email that kind of touched on that earlier in our relationship section. Mm-hmm. But... Um, I responded directly to him about this, and I'll just sort of repeat that response on air here. And just to remind everybody, we shorthand like crazy when we're doing this podcast because it's conversational flow. uh, You know, none of this is scripted, so we can't qualify everything we say. But yes, we are aware of that. Uh, if you go back to our Manuel Andrade episode, yeah, uh, he's know, a traditionalist as far as they come, man, with the yeah. TKD. And we discuss, you know, the book, The Killing Art, uh, the, the history, history of Taekwondo and all that stuff. So we're well aware of it. But that doesn't change the fact that occasionally we will re- we will fall to the level of throwing Taekwondo in because it's so ubiquitous. And there are so many non-combat and more sporting sides of it. We'll occasionally use mean? that in a, as an example. 
<laughs> he, he just Judy chopped me with my microphone. <laughs> oh, where is the indirect attack is often I'm the telling best. You. <laughs> I reached over here, he's like, what's he doing? Burp. <laughs> Okay, look, uh, yeah, so, but I just want to make that clear, guys, and we'll do this with a lot of different martial arts, including our own, and we, we yeah. called this out when we were talking with Steve the other day, like, we started talking about a certain, you know, a Krav Maga thing, or this or that, we're not attacking all Krav Maga practitioners, it just becomes a shorthand, and I think even Judy Chop, we're not making fun of Judo. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> <laughs> and there's, there's plenty of shite Bagua, there's plenty of shite Sambo, there's plenty of shite stuff out there in every system. So sometimes we don't qualify that we're distinguishing this from the people doing the reels or whatever. And look, yeah, there's a, a spectrum in every martial art, and sometimes we'll talk about the bad side of a spectrum and we'll drop a name. It's not really intended to insult stylists in yeah, that particular no. style. We it's love just, it all, or else we wouldn't be doing this podcast. Exactly. Usually it comes up because it's germane in some way or another or specific, but it comes down to the individual, and we've said that a million times. Yeah, so definitely. your style is secondary to you. Yes, indeed. Um, and so, yeah, so we know that. We, and please, you gotta you gotta have sort of thick skin to listen to this podcast. If you've been listening for long, you sort of figure that out. But hiya, bitches! It takes thick skin to do it too. Yes, it does. <laughs> we don't hold ourselves up above anybody. Mm -mm. Well. And criticism. So feel free to write in. You know, if you spot something like <clears throat> like that that you want to complain about, let us know. We'll address it. And um, if cotton candy is getting you upset deal with it you know sometimes we'll just come back with deal with it bitches but no i'm just most no yeah it's uh yeah we're we're conversational that's the bottom line and yeah. so you get what you get from us and sometimes i listen back to a show and not referring to specifically something like this but just something dumb will come out of my mouth mm -hmm. or i should have said something differently and i hear it for the first time when i'm listening to it to edit or just listening to it and i'm like Oh, Jesus. That was bad. You sounded like an idiot there. But you can't go back and fix it on the fly. You can correct it later if it's bad enough, if it's worth going back to. But you're going to get some of those dumb things in there, mispronunciations. Dolly Parton, so sorry. Let me go ahead and say that now. Well, you know, that's between you and Dolly. Hey. We don't need to involve the listeners. Hello. Dolly, well, <laughs> All right, we're getting punchy, and the family's back, so we got to move life along. Craig, is there anything we should do before we wrap this show up? No, I don't think so. Cotton candy? <laughs> we got to get you a new meme, dude. Because I'm about to run out of that. It'll be something. That Indeed. Craig will be sitting over there going, golden goat. <laughs> Sugar bear. <laughs> Chicken branches. Yep. All right. Well, um, folks, hang in there. We'll be back to you soon with another episode of Hiya. In the meantime, contact us at throwing it to you. Oh, Dave at HiyaPodcast.com, www.HiyaPodcast.com, Facebook.com slash HiyaPodcast. Um, Just type all that together into your your, your URL bar. And, <laughs> and do your Yurgalo giggity. Yeah, just get giggity on the son bitch. Yeah, yeah. The, the main thing is mailbag at highoutpodcast.com. There is that. Yep, yep. Rate and review on iTunes. We've only had uh, we're at 51 uh, ratings, and we're at 56 episodes now, so get busy. Yeah, you know, make it more than. There's about 400 people on the Facebook that like us. Go over there and like us, too, peoples. Do it. It do puts it. us in front of new, fresh faces. And we do like new, fresh faces. Yeah. There's a new, fresh face right there. Yeah. You want to say anything before we sign off, Wiley? Can you say, hi -ya? What if I do this? 
But what if I do that? If I, if I pull on you? Yeah, it's fuzzy, isn't it? It's commission. Okay, well. Let's not do that in public. Let go. <laughs> Put your pants back on, brother. Oh, oh he don't have to wear no pants. He's a baby. I was talking about his father, Dave. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't have to wear no pants. I'm a grown-up. All right, folks. Yeah. See ya. <laughs> That's our cue to see ya. Another half of-